0: And these verses, Jesus gives this command to believers and he, he puts it in the form of a command. These verses are what is are, in what is called the imperative sense. In other words, they, they have the sense of Jesus is not suggesting this to us. Jesus is not saying, well, this might be a good thing for y'all to adopt as a way of life. Our Lord is commanding us. He commands believers not to allow worry to dominate our life. Now that's easier said than done, isn't it? But we're gonna look at exactly what Jesus is teaching in these verses. Non-Christians have to rely on their own resources and the worries of life. But for believers in Christ, we have the privilege of taking our worries, our cares, our concerns to the Lord. And we can trust, and the Bible encourages us to trust, in the God that saves us and loves us, we can trust that he will help us, that he does care, he has concern for us, that God will help us through any situation that we face in life. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon God, for he cares for you. Now that's a word of believers. Isn't that a beautiful word? Isn't that an encouraging word? that uh, that Peter gives us, cast all your cares. When I think about that, I think about my days in the watermelon fields when I was growing up, the watermelon fields of of Crisp County. I was was a toter and a chunker (laughs) in the watermelon fields. In other words, they would clip the watermelons, I would tote it to the little field road, and when the truck or the trailer came through to get the watermelons, I'd chuck it up to the guy. And I always thought about, I always thinking about, cast all your cares, when I would cast that watermelon up to the guy who was in the truck. And basically that what it means. It means to throw, cast all your care upon God for he cares for you. Now the big thing is we need to believe that. We need to believe that truly in our heart. That our God does care for us in all of the issues, all of the problems, all of the trials, all of the troubles of our life. Philippians 4, 6, uh, Paul wrote this. Do not worry about anything. (laughs) Now, when Paul wrote that, he was in prison. So talking about, uh, you know, a man of faith, but under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he he writes to us, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Even when we have all questions and no answers, have you ever been in a situation in life, stuff was going on in your life, Or maybe in the life of somebody that you love, and you had all questions, but you have no answers. You're wondering why this is happening, why this is going on, what's the point of it, why am I having to go through this, why is my loved one having uh, to go through with it, uh, go through with this. You have all questions, but you don't have any answers. Even when we have all questions and no answers, we are to trust in God. And remember this. This is a great verse to remember in times of trouble and trial. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We can trust in the Lord as a child of God. Now, we know how we want things to turn out. You know? We have in our own mind, well I've got this trouble and I'm gonna bring it to the Lord and I know, what I, I know what I want God to do about this. I have, you know, in my own mind's eye, I, I, I see what I want God to do. Very rarely will God do what you maybe suggest to him that he does, but he always does it better. He always does the right thing. And he does it in the right way, in the right timing. That which is best for us, and that which is for His honor and for His glory. I've walked with the Lord a long time. I've been through a lot of stuff. I've experienced a lot of things in life. And I can tell you this, God has always been faithful. He has never abandoned me. He has never forsaken me. He has never let me down. That doesn't mean that when I get to heaven, if the Lord will give me the opportunity, I might ask Him a question or two about, you know, this thing was happening and you know, why did that have to happen? And why did this have to go on? Maybe God will be a God of grace and listen to that question and give the answer. But I have a sneaking suspicion when I get to heaven, all of that will be gone anyway. When you stand in the glory of your Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, all of those questions will inherently be answered as we stand face to face with him. But in this world, we have problems, we have troubles, we have trials, we have concerns in life. Now let's talk a little bit about the effects of worry. Worry is a a thing that can have a great effect upon us. You know, some people are worry warts. Have you ever heard that phrase? Worry warts, they worry about everything. And some people get into the, the place where they chronically are worrying about this, that, or the other, and if they don't have anything particular to worry about, then they worry about having nothing to worry about. You know, some some people are just inclined to have that kind of spirit, to worry about things. Well, worry is, is a dangerous thing for us in many ways. Worry affects our relationship with God. When we allow worry to dominate our lives, it, that, is, that, is, uh, uh, that affects our relationship with God. It causes us to doubt God, His grace, His power, His wisdom, His word, and His promises. Worry also, also affects our relationship with other people. If you're, if you're a person who's inclined to worry and you're constantly worrying and you get into that pattern of being a chronic worrier, it tends to make you negative and selfish and short-tempered and socially, uh, socially challenged. Worry also affects us personally. Chronic worry is a major factor in various health problems. Uh, medical professionals tell us that worry has an effect on us physically, including ulcers, heart attacks, high blood pressure, a compromised immune system, That makes us more vulnerable to infections and diseases, including cancer. Studies have shown that chronic worry affects circulation, the heart, the glands, the nervous system. It affects a person's ability to think, to remember, to calculate, to communicate, to function on the job. Worry also not only affects us personally and physically, it also affects us emotionally including and as a contributing factor to emotional breakdowns. Worry is something to worry about. <laughs> and so we, we, we need to hear what Jesus says about worrying, okay? Now, it's important that we understand what Jesus is saying when he says do not worry. What Jesus is saying is not that we are not to have concerns in life, it is natural for us to have concerns in life. If you're a parent, you have concerns for your children. I'm very concerned about the world my grandchildren are growing up in. You know, if, if you, in this life, you're gonna have concerns about things. You're gonna have things that concern you. To be concerned about our needs, to be concerned about uh, when we are having troubles, when our loved ones are having troubles and trials or a crisis. That's natural. That's a part of life. When Jesus says, do not worry, he's not, you know, you say, well, how can I do that? I've got all of this stuff coming, going on in my life. How can I not worry about stuff? So we need to understand what Jesus is saying. It is natural for us to have concerns in life. What Jesus is saying is this, that we're not to allow the concerns of life to escalate into becoming worries That control us and dominate our lives. It's just natural to have concerns. It's natural to have those worries of life. But what Jesus is saying is. And what the Bible teaches us is. That we're not to allow the worries of life. To get to the point. Where those worries. Those concerns of life. Are dominating us. Controlling our minds. Paralyzing us spiritually. Hindering our walk with the Lord. Now, we have, a, we have a, an enemy. If you're a Christian, you have an enemy. You have a spiritual enemy, and that enemy is Satan. Now, you might say to yourself, you know, I'm such an insignificant Christian. I don't think Satan really takes a whole lot of time working in my life. Well, I want to tell you that if you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, you're a target for Satan, satanic work and satanic activity. Now, Satan is real. And Satan is the enemy of every Christian. I know when I get up in the morning that I have an enemy, I have a spiritual enemy. And he wants to see me fall, and he wants to see me fail, and he, he wants to negate any kind of influence that I can have for God in my family, among my friends, and in the world. He that Satan looks for every opportunity he can to work in my life, and he can't steal me away from God. My salvation is secure because my salvation is in Christ, but Satan does want to try to work in my life to get me to a point where he negates any kind of power, any kind of influence that I can have as a Christian. And the same is true in your life. Satan is real, he's the enemy of every Christian. Now I don't understand particularly all of the ins and outs of how Satan does his work, but I do know that Satan wants to do everything he can to cause the believer to use the worries of life to damage our walk with the Lord and to damage our witness and our testimony. Worry is wrong when believers allow worry to dominate our minds and to control our lives when we allow worry to uh, become an open door for Satan that Satan can use to harm us and hinder us in our walk with God. And so it's important for us to hear what Jesus has to say. And he has to say what he has to say. And what the Bible says is this. Look, you're human. You're a human being. And you live in a fallen world. And you're going to have troubles in life. You're going to have trials in life. You're going to have concerns in life. That's natural. That's normal. But you must not allow those concerns to elevate and become worries that will control and dominate your life. You must keep life in perspective. You're a child of God. You have been born again. You're a child of the king. And God is going to take care of you, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Now this is not like the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, one of the stupidest songs ever written and recorded in human history. It's not, it's not the con- that kind of concept. It's the concept to know that I'm a child of God and the one who gave his son to save me, I can trust in him that he's going to help me. He's going to provide for me. He's going to see me through the trials and the storms of life. And he's going to give me victory. And I'm not going to allow the concerns of life to to become the the little, the concerns of life, the thunderstorms of the concerns of life become a tornado that dominates my life and controls me as I live my life. So we trust in God, we trust in the Lord. That's what Jesus is saying. You're gonna have troubles, you're gonna have trials, you're gonna have concerns, but trust in God. It's okay. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight 28, that he had a deep concern for the churches. And he didn't worry about the churches because he knew the churches belonged to the Lord. But he had a concern about what was going on in the churches that he had worked in because he knew that Satan was always trying to do stuff in the churches to divide the churches and to try to distract the church from doing what God would have them do. Uh, from what God would have them to do. I'm very concerned with what's happening in our country. Our country's in a mess. America, the United States of America, is at a full-blown mess. And I'm very concerned about it. I'm very concerned about what's happening in the church, in church life these days, in denominational life, in church life these days. I'm very concerned about what's happening in the world. But I can't do anything about it other than pray about it. And use whatever influence that I have to be salt and light in a dark world and in a decaying world. To try to be a force and an influence for that which is good and that which is godly. And so Jesus tells us look, I know you. Jesus knows us. We're human beings. So you're going to have these concerns, you're going to have these troubles, you're going to have these trials, you're going to have these issues. But don't allow worry to dominate your life. Now, Jesus mentioned several things we're not to worry about. It's kind of interesting. First of all, he said we're not to worry about our finances. In verse 25, Jesus says, therefore. Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible beginning a sentence, what you do is you look what has been said previously. Something has been said previously, a truth has been declared previously, and therefore is something that is connected to what is there before. And in the verses prior to this, Jesus was teaching us how believers are to handle their earthly wealth. Jesus says that believers are not to worry about their finances. Now, he's not saying that we're to be lazy, just trust God to take care of us. We're not to mismanage. We're not to be irresponsible with our money. If we do that, we're gonna have financial trouble. We're not to depend on other people. When we can take care of ourselves. we're not to take advantage of others to meet our needs. But here's what Jesus is saying. If you work as God has enabled you to work, if you're responsible with the blessings, the financial blessings that God gives you, if you give the Lord the first fruits of your blessings, If you follow the principles of the Word of God for how you make and give and handle the money that God gives you, you will always have what you need. You may not have as much as somebody else, but God will supply all of your needs. Don't worry about your finances. Follow the principles of the Word of God. Work hard, work is a blessing. Work hard, take care of yourself, take care of your family. Don't worry about finances. And if you follow the principles of the Word of God, if you're you're a child of God and you follow those principles, you will always have what you need. You may not have as much as somebody else has, but that's all right. Here's what I have discovered. If you follow the financial principles of the Word of God, God will give you a peace and satisfaction with what you do have. It'll be enough for you. You won't worry about Well, my neighbor got a brand new car and I need a brand new car too. Or you won't worry about trying to be in competition with other people when it comes to financial or material things. We're not to worry about finances. Second of all, Jesus said we're not to worry about food. Now that's not much of an issue with us these days in America, other than the fact, have you been to the grocery store lately? I remember, oh, I remember when you could get three loaves of bread for a dollar. I remember that. Full-fledged sunbeam bread. 30 cents, 33 cents, you know, or whatever it was for a loaf of bread. I remember that. That was a long time ago. Now what, one loaf of bread is $3 and something, for heaven's sakes, you know? But Jesus said we're not to worry about food. Now for us, that's not much of an issue. In that day, it was an issue. You know, uh, food was a, a thing that most people had to scratch out, you know, a a living, a daily living, and having enough food for themselves and their family was a major concern and issue in life. But Jesus had this word for believers who worry about where their next meal is coming from. He said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? What kind of farmer would feed and take care of his chickens, but not feed and take care of his children? And what kind of farmer would value his chickens above his children? Jesus is saying, would God dare to feed the birds of the sky and not feed and take care of his beloved children? Jesus said, don't worry about food. Trust in me, work hard, do good. Don't worry about food. You will always have what you need. Thirdly, he said, we're not to worry about fitness. Our physical health is very important, you know? I've reached, you know, 69 years old. I know how important physical health is. I get up in some mornings and I'm hurting in places I didn't even know I had, you know? And I'm thinking, what is this? You know, it's very important that we take care of ourselves. Our physical health is very important. I mean, we're to do all that we can to keep ourselves healthy as long as we can. We probably need to do better on our diet. Don't mean to be meddling, but it probably would be good if we all watched it a little bit with our diet. It probably would be very good if we all exercised a little bit more. Uh, you know, when all this pandemic stuff started, I got me a treadmill. It liked to have broke my back getting the into thing into our, our our house but I've worked been walking on it ever since and you know because I think I need to be healthy. we need to do everything we can to take care of our health but be that as it may Christians can and they do get sick. Christians are not immune from sickness you know we live in a fallen world as saved as we are we still have bodies that have yet to be redeemed and those bodies get sick. And sometimes you wonder, you know, here's a good Christian person that gets this illness and this disease, and you know, it it may be a deadly thing, it may be something that will eventually take their life, and then you find somebody else here who never gives the Lord a thought, and they just keep going and keep going and keep going, living a lifestyle, an unchristian lifestyle. But it happens. We live in a fallen world. So what are we to do as Christians when we get sick? What are we to do as Christians when we have illness in our life? Well, here's what we are to do, and this is from the Word of God. Number one, get good medical care. Get the best medical care you can. God has blessed us in our world with with knowledge that, that, that he has given to man to help us when we get sick, you can go to the doctor, you can access uh, you know, things that will help you to recover and help you to get over illnesses. Now, I'm a little worried about some of this medicine that is being advertised. You know, years ago, they wouldn't, uh, the, the, the FCC, the uh, United States FCC, would not allow uh, medicines or lawyers to have advertising on television. Y'all know that, you know. Years ago, you couldn't advertise a medicine, and a lawyer couldn't advertise. Boy, has that changed in America today? You know, but they come on, you know, television with some of these medicines, and they're required by law to tell you the side effects in the med- in the advertisement. That's why they have all of that. You say, well, why do they tell me? You know, it's a thirty-second commercial and twenty-second. Two seconds of that commercial is telling me that if I take this stuff, my nose will fall off and my ears will turn green. You know, and all of these, all these side effects. Why do they say that? They're required to, by law, to tell you the side effects of these medicines. And so sometimes, I'd rather have the illness than the medicine, to be honest with you. But what are we to do when we get sick? Well, God has blessed us with medical knowledge, and I'm thankful for doctors good caring doctors. And I'm thankful for medical advances and we need to take advantage of that. So what do you do when you get sick? You get good medical care and then you pray for yourself. You go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sick. I don't want to be sick. You know, and I want to be better. I want to be healed. And I ask you to heal me. I ask you to help me. And so you pray for yourself and then you ask other people to pray for you. I've I've had people come to me sometimes and they'll say, I've got this going on, but I don't want anybody to know it. Well, let me tell you about Brother Chris. When I get sick, I want the world to know it. I want my church to know it. I want my church family to know it. I want people praying for me. I'm not too proud to admit that I have something going on in my life. And so when you're sick, get good medical care, pray for yourself and ask others to pray for you. We're not to worry about our fitness. We live in a fallen world. Listen, we're all going to die of something. You know, unless Jesus comes again and raptures us out of this world, these old bodies are going to wear out. You know, they're they're just going to wear out. We're susceptible. We live in a fallen world. We're to do the best we can to stay healthy. We're to trust the Lord. And if you get sick, you know, my dear mother died of pancreatic cancer. She was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. They gave her one year to live and she lived about a year. My mother was a great, wonderful Christian person. And I saw her during that year. I saw her faith grow. It didn't wilt. Her faith grew. She was concerned about her children. She was concerned about her family. She didn't want us worrying over her, you know, what was going on in her life. We'd try to minister to her. She would turn around and minister to us. She knew where she was going. She knew what was going on. She knew her hope was in heaven. She was a wonderful Christian woman, a wonderful child of God. And so if you get in that situation, you trust the Lord. You know what, I prayed for my mama's healing. I said, Lord, my mama's a good mama. And, and she's been wonderful to me, and she's got a wonderful family. And I don't know why she's got pancreatic cancer, she never smoked, she never drank, she never did any, all that kind of stuff. She's just a wonderful Christian woman, tremendous physical habits. I don't know why she got this stuff, but Lord, I want you to heal her. Because I want my mama. Who doesn't want their mama, right? And so I prayed for my mother. And I asked the Lord to heal my mom. And you know what he did? He healed her. He took her to a place where there is no sickness and is no dying. He healed her, not in the way that I wanted him to heal her, but he healed her in the best way and in the better way when he took her to heaven. So we're not to worry about our fitness. Then Jesus said, we're not to worry about fashion. Now, again, that's not much of an issue these days, you know, but it was an issue then. Jesus said, verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And, and, and so Jesus said, don't worry about fashion. You know, again, that was an issue in that day. These people in that day, You know, struggle for the basic necessities of life that we just take for granted. We don't worry about food, and we don't worry about fashion. Now, to be honest with you, some of y'all need to worry about fashion. You know, you need Brother Chris to give you kind of an encouragement every now and then of what color to wear. I'm just kidding. Y'all know I'm just kidding, right? I look so well this morning because I have a fashion consultant. Her name is Eris. Iris. And you know how she you know how Miss Avery gives me consulting, you know, when it comes to fashion, what I what I'm wearing, her 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 line is this, you're not wearing that, are you? <laughs> and if she says that, I know I need to change, okay? Until finally I get the right thing where she doesn't say that, okay? But Jesus said we're not to worry about fashion. And by the way, you know for Christians The Bible says it's far more important to be clothed with godly virtues. If you're going to, you know, it's okay what you wear. What you wear is okay. But it's far more important to be sure that you are clothed with the godly virtues of Christ. Colossians 3.12. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, clothe yourselves with tender mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness, and patience. The Bible says, look, whatever you wear, physically, on the outside, be sure that you clothe yourselves with those godly virtues as a child of God. Then Jesus finally said, we're not to worry about the future. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. We are to live for today, And we're to plan for tomorrow, but we're not to worry about tomorrow. You know, today is the day. Who knows what tomorrow may bring? There's a song we sing sometimes, I know who holds tomorrow. It was a song written by a songwriter. If you flip through the hymnal, you'll find that he has has written, or he, he wrote many songs that we continue to sing today. His name is Ira Stanfield. It's kind of interesting how that song, how he came to write that song, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. He wrote the song when his marriage broke up. His wife was caught in addiction and she had a lot of problems and she kind of went off the rails and she left him. And Ira Stanfield, you know, tried his best to reconcile with his wife But before he could do that, she was killed, tragically killed in a car crash. And Stanfield tells the story of how he, in the aftermath of that, went into deep depression. And he prayed to the Lord, and he prayed to the Lord, and he was in deep, deep despair. But then one day, the Lord gave him this song. He said, the Lord gave me this song. I was just sitting there, And this song and this tune came to my heart. And he said, "The song gave me back my hope. And the song, you know it well. I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. I don't worry over the future. For I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. I don't know what tomorrow may bring for me, for my family. I don't know what tomorrow may bring for you. But Jesus said we're not to worry about tomorrow. Live for today. Plan for tomorrow, but don't worry about tomorrow. Because the one who holds tomorrow is the one who holds your hand as a child of God. And so Jesus talks to us about the worries of life. You're gonna have concerns. You know, have you ever got up in the morning and said to yourself, I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna worry about anything today. 10 minutes later, you've done broken that pledge. (laughs) We're just human beings. We have these things in our life. We have these concerns in our life. And they're just naturally going to happen. But we're not to allow the worries of life to dominate our life. We're to be people of faith. We're to be people who trust in the Lord. And the Lord will never let you down. Do you really think? Do you really think that the God who made you? The God who gave his son for you. The God who invested the blood of his beloved son for you. Do you ever think he will ever turn his back on you? Do you ever think he will leave you or forsake you? Absolutely not. Now, the next time you have a worry bugging you, call Brother Chris. And we'll pray about it. And you can cast your care upon the Lord. And you can cast your care upon me. And we'll pray about it. See, prayer is a wonderful thing. I've, I've had, I have stresses in life. We all have stresses in life. And here's what I've found. I don't need to go to the bar to get relief. <clears throat> you know, alcohol just covers up stuff. Pills just cover up stuff. They don't solve the problem. They just cover up the problem temporarily. And, and actually, they make the, your whatever problems you have worse. Here's what I've discovered. The greatest stress reliever in life is to go to the Lord in prayer. And just be honest with the Lord about what's going on in your life. He knows it already. (laughs) He is our Abba Father, our Heavenly Father. You can talk to Him as He's your Father because He is. And just share what's going on in your life. And read His Word and draw close to Him. And He will help you. And He may not give you the answer, but He'll give you the assurance that He will never leave you and He will never forsake. Another song, and you know, songs sometimes, the lyrics of songs sometimes really say things, put things in a beautiful way. Babbie Mason's a tremendous (laughs) Christian singer, and she's had uh, many wonderful songs of encouragement for the body of Christ. I love her song, Trust His Heart, talking about the Lord. Listen to the lyrics of this song All things work for our good though sometimes we don't see how they could. Struggles that break our hearts in two sometimes blind us to the truth that our Father knows what's best for us. God's ways are not our own, so when your pathway grows dim and you just don't see Him, remember you are not alone. Now listen. Listen. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. Isn't that great? God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you can't see His plan, when you can't trace His hand, you can trust His heart. Indeed. And so, our God is a good God. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So trust in Him. Don't allow the worries of life to dominate your life, the troubles of life. Now, if you're not a Christian, then you have a lot to worry about. This is not a word to those who are not Christians. If a person is not a Christian, if a person is not a believer, they have a lot to worry about. Uh, They they live in lostness. They live in separation from the Lord. Their, Their future is not certain. Their future is not secure. Their future is not sure. And there's a lot to worry about if you're not a child of God. You know, about your future, about what happens after you die. I know where I'm going, and I know I'm not going there. I'm not going to heaven because of who I am or what I am or you know, any kind of good I've ever done in my life or anything like that. I'm going to heaven because of Jesus and Jesus alone. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And so I know where I'm going. I ain't ready to go today because I got to live for in this world. Isn't that wonderful how God gives you the will and the desire to live? Even though you go into a better place, you still want to stay here. I want to see my grandchildren grow up. I want to take care of Miss Iris as long as I can and let her take care of me. We've got a lot to live for. The Lord gives you the will to live. But you know you're going to a better place that place that he has prepared for you. But the unbeliever doesn't have that assurance. In fact, the Bible tells us what happens in the future for the unbeliever, forever separated from God. And that's their choice, not the choice of God. That's their choice. They have decided to reject Christ. They have decided to turn their back on God. They have decided to turn their back on every opportunity to get right with God so that their sins might be forgiven. It's their choice. It's not the choice of God because God desires that none perish. But if a person perishes, it's their choice. They made the decision to say no to a God of grace and mercy. And those who say no their destination is an eternal separation from Almighty God. So if you're not a child of God, this is not a word to you. If you're an unbeliever, this is not a word to you. This is a word to believers that you don't have to worry. But for the unbeliever, you have a lot to worry about. But you can put those worries aside. You can come to Christ and find His forgiveness and peace. I had a person ask me one time, do you think God can save somebody like me? And they began to lay, you know, give a, a litany of what they've done in their life. They'd done this. They'd done that. You know, they'd make that choice. They'd done. They'd hurt people. They'd hurt themselves. Said, so "Do you really think God could save somebody like me?" And my answer to that question was absolutely, because He saved somebody like me. I know that He can save somebody like you because He saved somebody. Like me, his grace is greater than all sin. Isn't that wonderful? His grace is greater than all sin. Though, yes, he can save somebody just like you because he saved somebody just like me.